Hey, 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 good people. I am back with another edition of the Cool Sword Podcast. And I just want to say thank you for just being patient with me. I think that we have to extend each other so much grace. I know I have to extend myself some grace just because uh, this, uh, you know, these times that we're in are just different. And uh, I'm just trying to stay motivated, honestly, to continue to push through. And so uh, I'm happy that I have another episode for you uh, in that regard. And today we are joined by a cool sore of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Her name is Monica M. Brown, and she has a brand new book called Only One, How to Be a Badass Boss in Corporate America. I had a chance to speak with her on Instagram Live, which is where I've been doing a lot of my podcasts and then converting them over to this platform. Uh, It's just been a lot easier and, you know, just being able to share with different audiences. And with that in mind, please make sure you are following at CoolSore. I have brand new CoolSore necklaces for each of the four sororities. I also have a clear one uh, that does not have any corresponding colors so that whichever sorority you are a part of, you want to have kind of a plain one that you want to wear with different outfits that may not be your sorority colors that works out for you well so uh, make sure you check it out Um, you can go to our Instagram page and the link is right there in our bio so follow us at Kusor on IG also make sure you are leaving five stars and make sure you leave us a comment because we love to uh, shout you out Uh, honestly we just love your support so again Monica chats about you know those hills and valleys and the things that she had to endure after uh, a very tumultuous divorce But she also talks about continuing to create space for yourself and the the rules that much of us or many of us need to follow as we navigate our way and navigate our journey in corporate America, especially, especially now. So you will definitely enjoy this conversation. And I'm going to name it Only One with Monica M. Brown. Enjoy. You know you gotta be a cool soror to talk to the cool soror herself. I'm a cool soror. Hey y'all, I am a cool soror of What's up y'all, I'm a cool soror of Hi, I am a cool soror of podcast hosted by me Rashawn Ali. Hi Monica. Hey hey I'm trying to make sure my head is not like cut off in here. Right. Oh. Yes. <laughs> good. Bring it down just a little bit. Hey it's hey. Monica. Hey. How's it going? It's going great. How are you? I am well. Look what came in the mail. Damn. Okay so I had to literally do FedEx drop off next day $2,000, get it by tomorrow, because the first book didn't make it, so I'm right. happy to see that you have it. Yes, I am so happy. I'm very proud of you. I know that uh, writing a book, you know, everybody has a story, but to actually put it out, and this is information that so many women, so many people in general, but particularly women and women of color, can use pretty much as a, a, a blueprint as they climb the corporate ladder. So I'm happy that you have done this and uh, we're going to talk all about it and so Thank much you. more. So welcome to the Cool Soro podcast slash live because this will be available on iTunes, 
Google Play, Stitcher, and also on Podbean because I started this podcast in 2016 before podcasts were really even popular amongst us. And so, right. um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to, to actually be uh, doing that again. So, Monica, thank you so much for joining me today. And I start off every live by asking the cool sorors, you are a cool soror of... Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Soror. We are Sans Second, um, you know, as we, you know, navigate throughout the conversation. Are you from St. Stephen or do they call it St. Stephen, South Carolina? St. <laughs> Stephen. St. Stephen, South okay. Carolina, just 45 minutes north of Charleston. Oh, yes. My daddy's from Charleston, so I know all about crabbing with the chicken on the rope and, and, and fishing off uh, uh, okay. the battery and going to the beach and Folly Beach, okay. you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, no, okay. yeah, she's okay. like, yeah, you saying the right do, words? I know. Do you know how to cook grits, though? Yes, I do. The stone guy. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. Okay. You, you, okay. You, you might be, you might be. Uh, 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 <laughs> I am. It's in me. Now, I can, look, I can speak some Geechee if you want me to get into it now. Uh, let's get into it. What you got? What you got? Well, I, I, I'll take your lead. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do that another time. We'll, we'll do, do it another do that. time. We'll do that another time. They're not ready for it. They're not Oh, my gosh. They are so here. Shut up to <laughs> Josette. Oh, this is amazing. So let's let's get into it. Um, you went to South Carolina State University. You didn't want to leave the state? You didn't want to, you didn't want to leave? Hey, well, you know, I, I was a single mom at 18, you know, okay. so not that I didn't want to leave, but I didn't want to go far. So okay. South Carolina State um, actually was one of my top choices. Anyway, I did look into schools in Atlanta. I looked in, into schools in New York. I looked at, but you know, the HBCU experience, as you know, is one that cannot be explained. Like, right. I, it, it's, it, I, don't, I, I don't have words for it. I made the right choice regardless of what HBCU I went to, but ended up at South Carolina State University, home of the Bulldogs, Orangeburg, South Carolina. Shout out to everybody. Uh, but it's, it's an experience that I'm so, 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 so happy that I was able to have. Loved every minute of it. Lifelong friends. My teachers were amazing. Man. The experience on the yard, off the yard, some of the stupid stuff that I did, thinking that I, you know what I'm saying? I can, it's stories just in the HBCU experience that we could talk about, but Yes, I, I went to South Carolina State University an hour and 15 minutes from where I grew up. So I was able to go back and forth, you know, home very often. Mm -hmm. and, and it worked. It ended up being perfect. Yeah. So, you know, becoming a mother um, um, so young and a lot of people when they say, oh, man, she had a baby. Life is over for her. Why, how, how did your journey end up being different from what other people said? Uh, it was the beginning. It wasn't the ending. It was it was the motivation. It wasn't the detriment. It was it was the opportunity. So mm -hmm. I literally had to do what I had to do to survive. And I knew that I needed to be a parent, a mom. I needed to be a, a provider. I needed to make sure that there was a way to support myself and support my family at that point in time. So even though looking back on it, it wasn't like a light bulb clicked. I just knew I had some stuff to do. And I knew yeah. that I didn't want to be dependent on my parents for the rest of my life. And I knew that them having my daughter, you know, at their home for the time that I was at school was only temporary. Once I graduated, moved to Atlanta, within a few weeks, I had her here with me. And, you know, the, 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 the journey began. But yeah. 
I, I had to do it. You know, they, they, I, I had to do it. Yeah, yeah. So what were the, as she's gotten older, what were those conversations like? Uh, what are those conversations like now with her having been successful despite having her at such a young age? Um, to be honest with you, the, the path with my, so I have two daughters. My, my oldest daughter was there during the climb and the struggle. Mm -hmm. um, my youngest daughter gets a different view of me. So had I have, if I had the opportunity to turn back time, I probably would have taken more time to spend with her during that process because I was so focused on being successful. I really feel like there were missed opportunities to really pour in and enjoy those times because kids grow up so fast, man. And the, the time, I mean, the, 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 the so now that I'm older, it makes more sense to stop and, and take the time to enjoy those moments. But when you're on the climb and you're focused and you're trying to, to get to that next level, it's difficult to, to, to have that balance. And honestly, I mean, if you talk to any other professional, but specifically from my perspective, it's difficult to have family balance, work-life balance, self-care balance, Ooh. taking care of yourself. You know, so it, it, there are so many things that I wish I could have done better. But now that I know, you know, it's an opportunity to continue to try to find ways to to make those things better now that I have yeah. more of a knowledge about it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I would echo those same sentiments about, you know, my first daughter and she's 13. She's in the ninth grade. But while she was very, very young, I was on the radio and yeah. breastfeeding her and handing her over to my husband and like literally... Um, thinking in retrospect, I, I, I feel like I did have some type of postpartum. It didn't look like what it looked like for everybody right. else, but you know what I mean? But it right. was something that th there was a disconnect because here I am at the, at the height of my radio career. I was probably the most popular, uh, one of the most popular radio DJs um, in Atlanta at the time that I had her. And then it was like, I supposed to be in the club, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Let me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a like, struggle. There's a yes. struggle because you want to be young, you want to enjoy, <laughs> you want to hang out, you want to do things, but then you have a responsibility. You got to be home. You got to cook dinner. You got to make sure homework is right. You got to make sure your daughter is not hanging out with crazy people. You know, you got to protect and all of this stuff. But th there's a there's an internal battle with wanting to enjoy the youthfulness of, of life and then still having that responsibility of being a parent. I can yeah. relate because there were nights when, you know, friends would call and be like, hey, we going out here. We about to do this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't go, you know, but, you know, it, everything works out for the greater good. So I, th I, I, I have no regrets. I just understand that there are things now that I have more knowledge as an older, older person, not old, mm -hmm. older um, I, I, I know a little more about myself and, and why I did the things I did, you know, at that time. So, yeah, yeah. As my as my uh, my best friend's uh, sister always says, sometimes mama can't go. Sometimes mama can't go. Sometimes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And mama got to be OK with that, even though it's hard. Mama right. Gotta be right. Okay with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you but you persevered. You got your uh, B.A. Uh, in journalism from South Carolina State University. And then mm -hmm. you, you went into journalism. So talk a little bit about that transition from graduating because we had a Kusor of DST yesterday. I'm a younger uh, Kusor who's talking about, you know, adulting and how no one really prepared them for what that looks like right mm -hmm. after college. That's so right. she's like not even 25 years old and she's on this whole mission of how to train 
other um, young people on what that transition was like. We didn't have that. So what was it like oh. for you? Mine was shocking. I was like, oh, God, this is life. <laughs> it was shocking because um, so I so my story from journalism from South Carolina to Atlanta is that um, going to an HBCU, there was a program back then for the 1996 Olympic Games. And I was selected to be a part of that program. And that's what moved me to Atlanta. So I actually worked for the Atlanta Olympic Broadcasting Group in 1995 into 1996 um, at the Georgia Aquatic Center. Um, and literally, it, it sounds archaic now, but it was like a, a console where I had to actually manage the audio that went out to different countries. Um, oh, wow. and, the, and the Georgia Aquatic Center was the location that I got assigned to. So after that was over, I actually had to find a place to live and pay bills and um, eat uh, yeah, that, that yeah, part. That thing. Yeah, uh, that yeah, part. And, and sleep and not on the highway um, or mm -hmm. under a bridge. So um, figuring out how to do that, being a newly, you know, resident of Atlanta, not really knowing anybody, being a new journalist, not understanding the salary of a new journalist and how, mm, okay, so... Uh, job number two, job number three, working three jobs, being a single mom, having to do all of that. It was, it was more than shocking. It was almost devastating because I still had to figure out how to survive. And it was hard. It was really, really hard. So I ended up working for Upscale Magazine for a short stint. And then um, a friend of mine told me about taking my writing talents to IT. So I became a technical oh, wow. writer. Um, because you can actually write. So when you call into a customer service rep, they actually have a script that they read. And I was one of the people to write those scripts for IBM. And that's how I got into IT. So once I got that first check going from $8 an hour to $25 an hour, I was like, okay, this might work out a little bit. Right. Okay. Now, now I can actually uh, pay my rent. Now I can actually pay bills. Um, okay, the sky's the limit. It seems seemingly uh, from that point. Okay, okay, so you moved into IT, and that's and that's interesting because a lot of people think that with journalism and writing skills, you only have to stay in media. But that is very interesting to know that you took your skill set and transferred those skills to uh, to IT, and that's it's a beautiful thing. Those transferable skills. So tell us a little bit more about how you were able to find that kind of niche or niche, however you want to uh, say the word, uh, and really be able to kind of catapult your life and your career from there. Okay, so there are a lot of opportunities in IT um, for uh, designers. You could actually design a website, um, marketing, there is writing from a technical writing perspective. You can write uh, doc, you can create documents, you can write manuals, you can um, be a project manager, if you like being a task manager and telling people what to do and, you know, making sure that everything is so many aspects to technology. So, I mean, you have advertising, if you want to get into ads. And I mean, there's just a lot of aspects of technology where creatives are welcome, and it's needed. And it's a part of what companies need to do on a day to day basis. So it's not just staying in journalism, journalism is multifaceted, you can take it pretty much in, in several different directions. And I just decided to take mine into the IT field. Awesome. Awesome. And so uh, that, that sounds great. I, I decided to take mine to the IT field and grow up from there. But obviously, you've experienced so much in the corporate world, which prompted you to write this book. Only one, how to be a badass boss in corporate 
America. Why did you feel the need to write this book? Uh, that book has been in my gut for years and um, slowing down and not traveling as much because of the pandemic gave me the opportunity to literally sit down and communicate what I had been experiencing as a black woman in corporate America. Um, it is no secret that diversity is an issue. It's no secret that diversity is a challenge. Um, and understanding that um, the climb to the upper levels is going to come with automatic biases from other people, regardless if they articulate it or not, it's gonna come through in their interactions. It's going to come through in some of the statements that they make to you. It's going to come through in how they treat you in certain settings. I've literally been yelled at in meetings and didn't figure out what the heck was going on. I didn't know why I was being treated that way. And I was trying to figure out what was happening. Experience after experience after experience, it just became something that was, um, it became more common than I would like. And, and I wanted to communicate those experiences so that others who wanted to do the same thing that I'm doing would know and have kind of like a blueprint of how to maneuver through a lot of these situations. So that's mainly the reason why I wrote this book because I wanted to share and also let black women know that they're not the only one that experienced this. Um, they're, they're not isolated. Um, and, you know, it, you have someone who can relate to you and hear some of the situations where I can show you that I've experienced the same thing and hear some of the things that I've done to get through those situations and be successful. Yeah. In chapter four, you are aggressive. And here is, I'm going to read a little bit from a dedicated entire chapter to talk about one word may seem like overkill. However, I want to talk more about just the word aggressive. It's not so much the word that is the problem, but more so how the word is used depending on the race or gender of the person being addressed. And more, more times mm. than not, black women are referred to as aggressive because we are just asking for respect. Can you delve mm. into that uh, just a little bit more and why you decided to dedicate an entire chapter to the word? Mm. Say that, we just want respect. Say that. That's um, it. <laughs> And that's it. That's it. Um, my my experience and my skill set is not less lesser than yours because I'm black and I'm a woman. It doesn't mean that I don't know what I'm talking about. And it doesn't mean that I don't deserve the respect that Brett gets when he walks through the door and pretty much says the same thing that I just said five minutes ago. But all of a sudden, Brett is the hero. Oh, my God, Brett, that's 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 a great idea. But wait a minute. I just said the same thing. So how is Brett the idea, but I don't, it, it doesn't resonate why that's that way. So the word aggressive, I've been called aggressive so many times. And at first you're like, oh, okay, I'm aggressive. I'm getting stuff done. But then you listen to the context of the word and how it's being used and how it's being used towards me versus Brett is assertive. Brett gets stuff done. He's, 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 he's that, you know, so how is Brett assertive? And I'm aggressive, but we doing the same thing. As a matter of fact, I'm doing more work. How does Brett get more recognition than I get for the work that I'm doing? Because I'm a black woman now because I'm asking. Is, is that's a problem? It shouldn't be that way. And I wanted to communicate to other women who were going through the same thing so that they could understand it's not you all the time. Sometimes it's other people 
And then sometimes it's their own biases that are revealed in certain conversations. But just because I'm trying to get things done doesn't mean that it's a negative connotation. It really should be positive. And um, aggressive is a word that I've heard so many times I had no choice but to dedicate a whole chapter to, to just how women are addressed in that situation. And this book is so relevant now because of everything that's going on. And now um, I feel, or in some cases, people are starting to take a look at themselves as to what they've done and how they treated people in the past. Do you think there will be some type of tangible change in the corporate space? Mm. I, I think as long as others are sharing their story, and as long as we're not ashamed of what we've experienced, and as long as we reach back and help others to get to that situation, and we don't hoard information and feel within our own space intimidated by having other people in the room that look like us, then I think we'll see change. Um, if we continue to be afraid to share and only wanting to be that only person because we only mm -hmm. want to be that one that everybody talks about, then it's never going to be changed because we can't wait for others to do it for us. We have to do it for ourselves. We have to reach back and pull people up that look like us. And if we don't take the time to mentor, to write books, to share blogs, to, you know, have podcasts, go do IG live and talk about these situations, it's never going to get better. It's always going to be the same. And we're always going to be fighting that same struggle to, yeah. to get diversity. Right. How many times, and, and I don't want to like really go into that too much, but I'm sure you mentioned it in your statement that some of us are so happy to be there that we don't want to share. Mm. How do you, how do we break that? How do we break that down to be like, sis, you got to open the door. Like, to help let me in, or oh, bruh, you got because some it's our brother sometimes too, and we mm -hmm. see it in black men a lot too. They like, yeah, nah, yeah, they won't even allow it to happen. Mm -hmm. There's a such thing as black male privilege as well. That's another conversation. Um, that's yeah. a big conversation, yeah. We can, we can go plenty places with that one. That's it, yeah. Um, <laughs> how do you how do you navigate that when you actually see it happening? Um, I, I took on. And it's going to sound real corny, but I'm going to say it anyway. I took on the man in the mirror scenario. I decided not to wait for other people to change. I will start the process. And hopefully by me being open and honest and sharing information, then if I help someone, maybe that will be the trickle effect for them to help someone versus waiting for everybody else to change their mind or change their attitude. I've reached out to multiple people in my career who have been literally referred to me to say, hey, this is a good person for you to talk to, or hey, this is a good person for you to know. And then you reach out to them and you try to set up meetings and conversations and the conversation is real dry, even if they decide to set up something. Or you ask them questions and they don't give you any in-depth answers very on the surface. I don't, I don't waste my time with that. It's a waste of time. Um, yeah. it's, obvious that, it's obvious you don't want to help me. It's obvious I'm bothering you. And if I'm bothering you, then let me, let me take myself and my business elsewhere. Um, and find somebody who's actually willing to help. And if not, I'll figure it out myself and then I'll help the next person coming up behind me. But yeah, I, I don't know if we can change them, Rashawn, because some people are just, they, they have a fear or I, I don't know what that is, but 
Um, I think if I started off and then if I can help other people, maybe that's the, the change that, that starts the, you know, the snowball effect and, and will help other people. I'm just, I don't know if it was the way I was raised, the way I was raised, or just the person I am. I love to see people win. Like, I just, I just love to see people win. Celebrate. Yes. Celebrate other people because their success is my success. My success is, is success is your success. I wasn't raised that way either. I'm not hating on nobody for being successful. I'm actually applauding it. Yay. Somebody else made it. Yay. We got another person in position to actually make some change. Yeah. Like it should be exciting. And it's not for some people. And that baffles me because I just don't understand why, why you're envious, why you're jealous, why you hating, why you no, stop. All of us can eat at this table. If you just make a little bit of room, all of us can have a meal. But if you if you doing like this and you don't want nobody in, then it's not going to benefit us in the long run. So I just I don't I don't understand where that comes from. I'm that though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are a lot of people. We're, we're not going. Let's not stay. I don't want to. You know, I'm not a negative person, so I want to stay there. But we just need to be better at. Even if you, if someone's on here, it's like they they've exhibited those types of behaviors. Like change it up a little bit because the thing about it is there's room for everybody. That's, there's that's room the for everybody. <laughs> there's room for everybody. So I don't I don't even yes. understand why you don't just open the door and say, hey, come on in versus, you know, cracking it a little bit. Can't, I, I don't know if I'm going to tell you. So it's, 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 what's the point? It's just it's, it's pointless to me. It just it doesn't make sense. So right, I'm not like right. that. Absolutely. In chapter three, the, you, you talk about the, the dynamics of you. You say, one thing I always encourage myself and others that I mentor to do is make a conscious effort to be self-aware. Understand who you are, how you influence a conversation, and how the dynamics change when you enter a room. Try to connect with what it means to be you. The question I get asked related to getting promoted and moving up to a higher role are never related to the strategic aspect of the process or understanding the soft skills that are required a large portion of the dialogue is related to you and about understanding di the dynamics of you. A lot of people don't know who the hell they are. Mm. They're trying to, look, let me tell you, and I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. I spent so long trying to be the black version of Aaron Andrews on the sideline and was messing up every hit. Okay? Mm. Mm -hmm. Then I realized this ain't me. Ain't me. And I can't be right. anybody but mm -hmm. who I am. Once I figured out who Rashawn was, that's when my career started to go like this because people see right through that other stuff. So can you just mm -hmm. talk a little bit about understanding who you are? And sometimes it takes a, a little longer for each of us to get to that point. But why is it important to know who you are, especially in the corporate setting? Um, I think especially as a black woman, okay, we already have biases that we are battling against just walking in the room with darker skin and breasts people are automatically going to think something there's stereotypes that go along with being a black woman but you have to understand how you fit into these situations and you also have to know who you are from a personality perspective you have to understand what you say and how you say it makes a difference. You can't just fly off and not understand that what you say could possibly be offensive to someone. Um, you have to take ownership of, uh, uh, of your actions. You have to be accountable for how you show up. And then you also have to understand 
what it means to be you in certain situations. I feel like, and hopefully I don't get, you know, too many uh, DMs for this, but I feel like sometimes as black women, we are just like, oh, well, I'm not getting promoted because I'm black. I'm not getting promoted because I'm a woman. Could be. But if your attitude does not support, you know, or help with that, then you've already put yourself in a situation where you're never going to get promoted. You have to understand who you are, be open to feedback, and understand what happens when you walk into the room and know what to say and how to say it in certain settings. All of that together positions you to um, be sponsored or mentored or potentially promoted. We already have a higher level of accountability to the work that we do. Don't add to it by being not open to feedback or not willing to listen to other people who are trying to help you. Sometimes it's good to have somebody say, hey, come here. Let me tell you what this is really doing to your reputation. Hey, come here. Let me tell you how this made me feel in this situation. And it's not a bad thing to have somebody do that. Take it as a lesson, internalize it, and use it for your own benefit. All of that stuff can be used for your own personal benefit to get to the next level. I just don't think we are as aware as we need to be of how we are seen and how we come to the table and how some of our actions actually feeds into us being pigeon held in a certain situation. Right. Well, someone who just heard your answer to my question may look at that as why do I have to do these certain things in order to rise? And mm -hmm. am I taking myself out of being myself because I have to make these adjustments? Would you say to that person, well, then the corporate life is not what you want or you just have to do what you have to do? Um, I would say probably both because <laughs> um, in order to, and I think I'm, um, I think I've told many people this, and I know I mentioned in the book, in the book, you have to know the game, the know, you know the rules of the game in order to play the game. Once you get to the next, the, the level where you can help people, then you bring people in. But you cannot win at a game if you don't know the rules. So if you want to be a part of corporate America, these are the rules. It might not work for everybody, um, but these are the rules for corporate America. Many have tried to change it. Many have failed at changing it. Many have been successful. If you want to get to this level or next level or whatever level of success in corporate, you have to know what the game is. Sometimes that means maybe putting yourself in a situation where you're normally like, you know, um, I'm going to have five bar with people and, and then we're going to go hang out. And maybe you go out in a corporate setting and you throttle that a little bit because you know you're being watched and you have to be aware of your surroundings. Mm -hmm. It's motioning yourself for success is the way I say it. So if a lot of people don't like that, you mm -hmm. know, and, and if they are not able to, you know, transition into that mindset, then maybe corporate is not for them. And honestly, Rashawn, a lot of these tactics transcend corporate America because there are executives in music, there are executives in travel, there are executives in pretty much every aspect of life. You're gonna have to deal with someone Mm -hmm. and manage a relationship. So the, the words that I'm saying or the tactics that I'm talking about 
It actually transcends the walls of corporate America. And really, if you're trying to get to another level, if you can't promote yourself and you need other people to do it, then you need to understand how to play the game. So we have two amazing comments. We have great comments coming in. Um, all things Ataya or Atia, I hope I'm saying that right. Even if we work for ourselves, we have to watch our tone and attitude. Which Absolutely. Is, which is what she said. Uh, S-M-O-Q, house catering and playing the game is not selling out. She also continues, says, don't break your morals, but you must adjust. So and Omar Coley, Omar.Coley. There you go commenting so much long as you don't turn your back on your people you are not selling out so lots of people commenting um and also sheree sheree sells i learned the game early corporate america will eat you up you have to be grounded tough and very strategic so lots of comments coming in concurring and agreeing with what you are saying so um i, I think that's, that's very great. very important yeah yeah it's very important how did you go about um Picking the the, the, the the chapter titles for was it something that you jotted along around uh, along the way as far as your experiences were concerned, or did you have a uh, an outline when you went into writing this book? I had an outline, um, but the outline got modified multiple times. Um, the chapter titles changed as I began writing it because um, some of the chapter titles were just generic. Um, I wanted to have more um, realness to it. So the aggressive mm -hmm. versus assertive um, chapter was named something else. When I really started to think about the word aggressive, I'm like, this is a whole chapter. So it got, it got moved around a little bit, but yeah, I started out with an outline um, and I started out with an outline and then possible uh, content in each one. And then I built it out based on that. Yeah. Do you um what and one of the things that you said, I always reference uh because we have to do our our, our 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 research prior to having people on, you were like, you know, your hobbies are, you know, creating do you feel like you always be in the corporate setting or do you have this are you corporate and entrepreneurial at the same time? I'm trying to be corporate and entrepreneurial at the same time. I'm working on my retirement plan. I don't plan to be in corporate all my life. Um I wanna enjoy the second half of my life, I won't say my age, but people who know me probably know how old I am. But you know what I'm saying? You look good. I'm, <laughs> I'm 21. I'm 21. Um, but um, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, um, I'm actively learning how to trade on the stock market. Um, I have taken a 10-week class where I'm learning all the ins and outs of trading. I'm also dabbling a bit in real estate um, trying to figure out a little bit about what's going on there. So I'm, I'm putting things in place and dropping pieces here and there. So, you know, in a few years, if I decide to keep working in corporate, then that's my decision. It's not an obligation. And I'll still be able to live and, you know, be able to pay bills and enjoy, you know, the rest of life. Because like, as we know, life is very short and things can happen at any time. So at any time. Um, um, I'm trying to prepare uh, I read books on generational wealth, how to create, you know, leave a legacy versus just leaving debt and, account, you know, that type of stuff. So I'm really trying to be an entrepreneur um, and looking at other aspects of how I can um, just live and manage outside of corporate. Corporate needs yeah. to be an option. Yeah, absolutely. 
um, my baby sister, my Neo, um, Aaron Marie, who was on here uh, a couple of weeks ago. She said, I believe in being both. It's about options. So good to be able to navigate both. And also Smokehouse right. Catering. Smokehouse Catering is what I was trying to say. She was like, uh, it's Smoke, hence the Q. I, my name is Monique. I was like, okay, so I got that all wrong. So it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about how you were able to, with God's help, pull yourself out of a very uh, tumultuous time um, when you uh, divorced and uh, you said you, you bankruptcy, foreclosure, repossession, and you were able to come out of that. But once you started to climb the hill and look back at who she was, tell me about that process. Oh, man. Um, so let's see. I had so many thoughts in my head right now. I could, I could, I could choose from. Um, it was difficult. It, it was very difficult. I, I've always been the pinnacle of the family. Um, I've always been the one to be the provider. Um, I've always been the one to take care of everything. And in those times, um, I was not able to do that. The divorce was emotionally taxing. Um, I remember crying, going to work on some days, you know, understanding that financially I wasn't in a place where I wanted to be. Um, I had a home foreclosed. I had my car repossessed right in front of me. I had to file bankruptcy just to be able to make ends meet. Um, I, I, it was tough. And I, I was in a state where I, I didn't want to feel defeated, but I felt defeated. And I needed to reconcile with that. And I need to be, needed to be okay with it. Like I didn't fail, but this was just a time that I had to get through. And I didn't want to internalize it as a failure. So it, that, that is a mental struggle. Mm -hmm. Because if you're someone who thrives on, you know, being in position and being in a scenario where you can help yourself and help others, when you don't have that as an option or you're not in that space, it's tough. And I beat myself up a lot. I was mad at, about a, a few decisions. If I had done this or I shoulda, woulda, coulda, and mm. you know, things could have been better. And had I not made this decision and, you know, just it, it, it is what it is. Right. So, but I had to come to those terms and it, it was tough. It was tough, yeah. but yeah. I, I'm thankful that I was able to mentally get through it, get around it, get over it, and be able to um, truly connect with the fact that things would get better and that this is just, again, turning it into motivation versus defeat. I, this is not going to beat me. I'm competitive. You're not going to get the best of me. I got to keep going. I got to get it right. I want to, I need to get my car back. I need to do, so then it became more of how much of a competition could I create for myself? All right, Monica, yeah. get up. You got to get this done. You got to one, two, three, four, five. You got to do X, Y, Z. And then slowly but surely things started to get, um, that was a tough time. And I, it, you, you talked about postpartum earlier, but you know, post divorce and depression and and all of that stuff is real. And I think yeah. we as black men, women try to be so strong that we don't allow ourselves the opportunity to just breathe and cry and, and be in our moment and then get up, dust ourselves off 
and then keep going. We we yeah. have a tough time with that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that uh, you got yourself back up because uh, this needed to be written. This needed to be done. Um, and so many other things in your life uh, needed to be accomplished. That's very, very real. So I'm, I'm happy that you were able to see the light at the other side or on the other side of it. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. All yeah. right. In the spring of 1990, well, was it spring 95 when you, when you spring played? Spring 95. No, spring okay. 95. Spring Beta 95. Sigma. Yes. That's right. <laughs> when you became a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, did Alpha Kappa Alpha choose you or did you choose Alpha Kappa Alpha? Um, I, I chose Alpha Kappa Alpha because I needed to be amongst the first and the finest. And I needed to be, you know, the pioneer of everything um, that I do. So, of course, the, in my mind, there was no other choice. I, I had to be a part of, of, the, of the pioneers. So, yes, I chose Alpha Kappa Alpha. Um, and then once I got on campus, of course, all my friends technically were AKA, so I really didn't have a choice at that point. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love, your, I love your line name, Luscious 37. Hey, hey, hey. there's a story behind that too. Uh-huh. Uh <laughs> you ain't got to share that part. It's fine. It's fine, Luscious 37. <laughs> Look, there, there you go. Take, take the first four letters, and then that's self-explanatory in itself. Got it. Just, just, just. It's fine. It just came to be. It's fine. I just got it. It's all good. Well, I'm, <laughs> I am, I'm so proud of you. Uh, tell everybody how they can put their hands on this book. First of all, you look very snatched on this cover, baby. Mm. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So shout, shout out to Miss Andrea Poe, who is my makeup artist and, uh, Cache, the royal stylist, she did um, the setup, and then to Alex uh, Rogers Studios, who did the photography. Um, they did a phenomenal job with everything, so I'm very happy with the cover. Everybody can get the book. It is on Amazon.com. Search for Monica Brown, only one. Um, you can get it on uh, iBooks, Apple Books. You can also get it in Kindle form, um, and please, please, please tell your friends about it. If there's anybody who's interested in learning more about corporate life, being a black woman, trying to maneuver, strategically positioning yourself, mentoring, um, turning negatives into positives, please have them search for the book, buy the book, and then please leave a review. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know what your feedback is, because that just tells me whether I hit the mark or if I got a little bit more work to do and you know figure out how to make those things happen but yes please amazon.com absolutely and uh to follow you on the gram i know they can see it here on uh on the live but just in case tell everybody how they can follow you on instagram twitter and your website as well yes so everything is miss monica b so m-s-m-o-n-i-c-a-b-e-e -E -E on twitter on instagram and my website same thing M-S-M-O-N-I-C-A-B-E-E. -E. Nice. Yes. Uh, two more things before we let you go. Uh, I love that you said never be afraid to go somewhere alone. And you live by that because you said, hey, there's a blessing sometimes when you're trying to, you're trying to wait for somebody else. But you're like, yo, let me go and do this, al do this alone. Um, how does that continue to fuel you, that mantra? Uh, it's, well, well, you have to have confidence to do that. And it forces you into a situation where you're not afraid of being in, an, in, a, in a situation where um, you don't know anyone or 
um, you're waiting for someone else to go with you. And somebody, I don't even remember who this person is. I met when I first came to Atlanta. Um, she invited me to an event and I told her, I don't, I don't have anybody to go with me. And she pulled me off to the side, to the side and said, never wait for someone you may miss blessings. I cannot remember who this woman is, mm. but she gave me this advice and it stuck with me forever. So now if there's a, a place I want to go or an event or if I want to trap, I don't wait for people. So if folks go with me, they go with me. And if they don't, they don't. I'm still going to have fun or I'm going to go to this event. I'm going to meet people. And you never know that might be not my next opportunity. It, it, it goes with confidence and it goes with networking and it just goes with being present and owning your own destiny. So I yeah. live by that. Yeah. That sounds like my best friend. Jen has, my best friend Jen has like gone to, she's gone to different countries and taken sabbaticals. She'll be somewhere for a month and she'll, I, and she'll just, she don't need nobody, honey. Not even me. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that about her, but it's so inspiring because you don't, you know, and I love me. I really do like myself a lot. So I love to go places by myself. Okay. So yeah, I get it. Yeah, I absolutely yeah, understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shout out to my girl, Donnie. She is on here. I see so many amazing people on the live right now. So, so awesome. Um, what is your definition of cool? Oh, my definition of cool. Um, and one word, if I had to pick is real. Um, I like people who are real. real. Cool is genuine. Yeah. Cool is um, self-confidence. Cool is um, ownership accountability like those things are cool to me when when you're confident and you're you're owning yourself and to me that's cool and you don't get intimidated by other folks being around you you welcome other people to me that's cool and um i surround myself i try to surround myself with people who are like that so that's my definition of cool just being real and genuine being yourself absolutely Absolutely. Well, Monica, thank you so much, Soar, for being with awesome. me today uh, for Cool Soar Live. I appreciate your patience. This is a long time coming, um, but blame it on me because I just have to get, you know, it's an everyday struggle to get out of that hole to just go. Five, four, three, two, one, go. And um, I got to push because mm -hmm. if I want to see different things, I have to do different things. And so I got to do it. Absolutely. Do it. And thank you so much for being well, a part of Well, I thank you. It. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for responding. Thank you for the opportunity. Just know that I'm a cheerleader. I've been a supporter and a fan. Um, and I'll always have my pinky up for you. So um, I'm rooting for you. Even if I don't talk to you, see you again anytime soon. Just know you got a fan over here. And much blessings to you coming thank, in thank the future. You. Many thank blessings. You. And same to you. Please make sure you pick up this amazing book by Miss Monica M. Brown. Only one, how to be a badass boss in corporate America. You can catch it or you can find it on Amazon.com. Monica M. Brown, everybody, a cool store of Alpha, yes. Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Thank you so much. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.